Humans love patterns. Right? Yeah. They can be dysfunctional patterns. We have them all over the place for over history. We have them now. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system, and L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Well, I think that you're exactly right in that humans love patterns. Okay? Yeah. They can be dysfunctional patterns. We have them all over the place for over history. We have them now, but we like them. Why? Because they're known. And mm. the brain is set up to do one thing, and that is to survive. It wants to protect us, to keep, keep the species going. And it will lie, cheat, and steal in order to do that. And so it likes that pattern because it's comfortable. That neural pathway is deep, and the energy just flows right down it. And boy, that's cool, except it's not Let's best. talk a little bit about the 1% of what kind of separates you, your superpower. You've gone through this, you've had success in the past, success as an athlete, these things in the past. What do you think the one thing that keeps you moving and always helps you find a way? Wow, that's a great question. And I'm gonna give you a little bit of, I'm gonna give you two answers to that. One is a bit ethereal, is my higher self. I think that we all have a divine component to us and that it whispers to us and it keeps us going. There may be people who disagree with that for various reasons. There's, there's tragedy that happens in life. And they'd say, well, where was higher self then? Well, I don't know. Higher self has a different perspective. It's, we're looking at stuff through human eyes and human perspectives. And so I think what keeps me going is a bit of higher self saying, hey, we're here to have some fun. You're going to learn some things by going through this. Keep going. Yeah. And uh, I can't say that that's an overt conversation message that I hear, but it's a feeling. And you wonder why we do go through things. We'll leave it at that. Again, we could have some more fun talking like that. The other thing that kind of keeps me going is I think I'm a curious person and I like to figure out why things are. And to, especially in the last 20 years of my life as my, I've had kids, kids will open up stuff for you. And it's like, what are the better ways? Is this the only way? And I think we get into this hypnotic state. We live in a blessed time where you can just wake up, walk out, you could knock on somebody's door, get a job, and earn money and eat. That was not the case for the first 20,000 years of society or of man, I should say. And that's cool. However, it also enslaves. It puts some bondage on us because it's almost like the, the zoo animal. They're well-fed and taken care of. They're not really being who they are, though. They're, the lion was meant to hunt on the, on the safari or the, the savanna. And I think that's kind of where we are as a species right now, at least in Western society, is we've become really good at some stuff. I don't know that, that we're really happy, though. And what I, the work that I do is uh, really gratifying for me because I help people remove kind of layers of this hypnotic wet blanket that has been foisted on them, not by their choice. And when it gets removed, kind of that inner light just comes out and they're able to play better. And that's what we'll talk more about that. <laughs> yeah. I love both those things. One is, is because I love the divine because I'm a faithful guy. And for one reason, when I hear people go, well, how could this thing happen to me? And like, there is no one looking out for me. There's no higher power. I'm always challenged with, hey, did you ever thank the higher power when that collision in cars happened? 50 yards ahead of you that you weren't there, that you were maybe 
held at the last light and you didn't, there's so much divine going on at, the, at all the time that like we're rarely grateful for the divine that are happening around us that happens all the time if That's we just right. look for it right like oh my gosh how many blessings i just had today let me count all of them today and go what yeah there was this one thing i wasn't blessed at all and psh, there's no god <laughs> like, wait, wait <laughs> what like hold on give me a to on that right so it's really tough the other one that i love about be curious is that I think it's it's a lost art, right? I think we're losing that with kids just, hey, Google it. Like, let me get an answer. I don't know. I'm curious. Boop, up, Google didn't have the answer. I guess there's nowhere to be found. <laughs> well, wait, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe you got to look a little further, right? Like, if you're really curious to this, I got to go find an answer. And, and that's really, when we really talk about winners finding a way, that's a big factor, right? Is how do I find a way? I got to be curious to get the answer. I got to go, be, if I'm if I'm not curious on how I'm going to win, I don't know who to seek out to get the right answers. Like you said, then yeah. implement and execute that information that I get from somebody to help me win is so important. I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso, but Ted Lasso has a scene in his show where he's he's having a dart competition and he feels like the the really person's underestimating. He doesn't ask, he, and he quotes the great Walt Whitman. Right? He goes, "Hey, I was a kid. I remember just coming around and said, hey." People have been underestimating me from the beginning, but I saw this Walt Whitman quote, be curious, not judgmental. And he was like, I've always been curious and I want to know. And, and and he really goes on to really drive that point home about not being that is, is likely deterring this person from getting really what they want. And it's a great moment in the show, but it's a powerful moment as a leader, as someone who's saying, Hey, how do I get ahead? Like, this is a great start. Be curious about things. Don't take things just because somebody said so or take them them at their face value. You may have to dive into those numbers. And why is it that someone is having that success? Or why is it that this failure is upon you and it's not working out? Like, let's drive a little deeper. Be curious about all the factors. And this comes back to that holistic side. It really does. Um, Let's talk about, this is about four years later now, right? Since this first started. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. So knowing what now, would you have driven something in differently from the beginning? Would you have looked at it and said, hey, I need to consider some factors and start either building the team around you or some things like that, thinking through that? I love this question. I'm smiling so much and I'm getting goosebumps because the turning point for me was when I realized that my doctors are not in charge of getting me healthy. I am. Yeah. And that's a funny statement because we have lost that in our society. People get ill. What do they do? They call the doctor. I got to go to the doctor. Doctor's going to heal me. And that right now people are call, probably listening saying, well, yeah, of course, that's what we do. Okay. But again, that's just a modern phenomenon and it's not even necessarily the best thing to do, but it, it's that pattern, right? We get into a pattern. We like patterns. It's comfortable. Our parents did the same pattern. It must be the truth. So we're going to deviate for one second and talk about Tibetan Buddhism. <laughs> okay, good. Nice. <laughs> yes. So uh, Dalai Lama is Tibetan Buddhist and they have a philosophy on knowledge and that the, it's a hierarchy. It's not that any knowledge is bad. It's just that there's a certain level of depth and understanding associated with them. So at the, at the lowest level, again, it's acceptable, but it's the lowest level is scripture. And I'm not talking necessarily about holy scripture. I just mean written word or it could be spoken word. Some coach says something or writes it in a book. Okay. Do we accept that? Oh, maybe we do, maybe we don't. And it's kind of just there. The next level up is, uh, is reasoning. 
So we've all lived in life, we've, we've accumulated experiences and perceptions. We can now look at that information and we can reason as to whether or not that it is valid and appropriate for our lives. And then the highest level in this hierarchy is experience. When you feel something and, uh, and that's what we have to realize in societies and, and as coaches, leaders, be open to stuff and then try it yourself. And maybe, maybe you rejected it down below because if you've got some existing prejudices and because it doesn't, doesn't fit your existing pattern. And that's what slows us down as in making our progress, right? Have that growth mindset is I'm not going to be fixed on what I knew or what I performed in the past. I'm going to be like John Wooden, greatest coach of all time, according to ESPN across any sport. And after every season, regardless of whether John John's teams won the NCAA, which they did many times, yeah. set all sorts of records, he would call some other coach somewhere in the land and say, hey, I really like what your team does with blank, whatever. I like the way you guys shoot free throws. Could you teach me how you teach your kids? This is the guy who just won the NCAA championship. For the eighth year in a row, right? Right, right. <laughs> like, you know, exactly. Can you imagine getting that call like, John, I don't yeah. know if I can help you. You seem to be winning everything. <laughs> right. And that is the mark of an incredible leader who yeah. says, I'm not looking at my stats. I'm looking for best practices because I love my, my players. I care so much about them. I'm going to tell them how to put their socks on. <laughs> That's the old story he used to do. Every detail matters. And he did it from a place of love. And again, we could have a whole podcast talking about oh, yeah. love in our hearts for our players and society. And I don't know, I deviated. I forgot where we were going. Oh, that's bit. good. No, that's good. What differently now oh, is, yes. is yes. certainly that. Oh, yes. Yes. So I'm sorry to get back to that story. So when I realized that I was in charge and not my doctor, that was my turning point. I was like, I realized at some point I was learning more. I knew more than my doctors did because I just, what else did I have time to do? <laughs> I was just reading and looking online and... We live in the age of information. There's no excuse if you're curious about something. The information's out there. It's usually on the internet, but it, maybe it is you gotta pick up the phone and call Trent or call somebody else in the world. There are very nice people in the world who will help you. Yeah. And once I got that mindset, within weeks, I started to feel better. And, and does that mean I'm cured? No, but when you're at 10% and you can get to 20 or 30%, you are like, this is great. Yeah, big deal. <laughs> Yeah. So, and if what would I do differently would be take, I, I would just have that mindset of, hey, this is my body, my journey here. I'm going to be the one who's going to assemble my team. And that team is going to be full of people who are going to support me. And I ended up doing that de facto over time. But I would do that at the beginning. What I mean is I fired some doctors <laughs> as great as their credentials were. I just didn't feel their support. They were dismissive, some of them, and they were too busy. It's like, okay, that's not, that one's not on my team. And then when I got a good team of people, that was great. And the team included a holistic approach. So I had somebody who was helping me with spirit and emotions and uh, some practical implementation of that. And I had at any time, probably two medical doctors who would float in and out. I would uh, pull somebody up from the minors for a little bit to uh, <laughs> help me with something. I don't know what the right analogy <laughs> might be. And uh, I just think that that's just so wonderful to realize as a human we're much more powerful and we can accomplish much more than society generally tells us to do. It's great to have those resources, but ultimately it's in here. We get to do stuff and go ahead. I love that. I mean, two, two things that really kind of bring me to that. Like no one ever talks about the seventh opinion. Hey, Hey, I didn't like what my doctor said. I'm going to get a second opinion. Maybe you need a seventh opinion. Like maybe <laughs> yes. you need to talk to seven physicians. Like that's 
okay. Like that, yeah. and we do that in business all the time. We don't just call one competitor or one colleague. We get a group of 10 or 12 together if we can form it. Let's get everybody's background and opinions on this, where they came from, their shared experiences across the board. And let's see patterns of consistency. Where are patterns of trouble? Where have stumbling blocks been for everybody in the past? And I think this doctor feature, and listen, I got a lot of great friends who are physicians and they're fabulous, but they're not a have all in. I don't call a podiatrist and ask them for cancer treatment, right? Like, mm -hmm. and so we have these specialties that people have designed and I'm a bit of a specialist coach, right? I coach executives and teams and I coached a long time in baseball and I have a lot of experience around tennis. I don't probably think I'm a great choice for Brown's top 10 lacrosse team, right? Like <laughs> I don't know how to hold the stick right. Probably like I am be starting from way ground zero. And there are so many more qualified people that really know that sport in and out. I would be learning it. And I'm curious, I would learn as fast as I could, but at their level, that's a whole nother level. I think I would be a bad hire. Like if, so you need to talk to somebody else because I'm not your person probably. Right. And I think that's really, really pretty important here as we drive in. I think the other side of the important point is, is that as a coach, I don't know how many times I've told players, like, I can't do it for you. Like I, and it's one of the, actually the most frustrating things ever, Scott, that I recall is, is sitting in the dugout of a world series, realizing that you don't have any at bat. I never had a single at bat in a major league game. I just coached major league players. Right. And I coach them to the best of my ability and the knowledge to prepare them for what's about to happen. But at the end of the day, I don't influence in personal action, which for me as an action guy, wasn't great because I want to get in, like, give me an at bat, give me a chance to make a difference in a game. But it all had to be proactive. It all had to be done prior to that point. Cause at that point they go out and take their learnings and, and they go do their best. And it's awesome to see and terrifying in the same breath, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, did you do it well? Did you, but ultimately I cannot do that for them. And I, and I think sometimes that we forget that your doctor's not doing it for you. They're not feeling your pain. They're not feeling your stress. They're not five of the last eight hours of when you're supposed to be sleeping because you're so uncomfortable. This, right. They're not having the same effects emotionally, physically, spiritually that you're having along the way. And they can't possibly feel that exactly. So it's so important to take that responsibility. Question on you. Did you feel like when you first started, you talk about that transition, that pivot point. Do you think when you started, you came in as, as a bit of a victim? Like, hey, this has happened to me and mm. someone needs to fix it. Hmm. Yeah, that did not cross my mind at the time. I would definitely agree with the latter part, which is somebody needs to fix this. That uh, the doctors, this is their job. They, this is how it works. And I came from a family. My grandfather was a pediatrician. I respected the, the doctors out there. And then I quickly realized that, maybe not quickly, but over the course of a lifetime, it's quick, that the medical world is limited. And like everybody, all doctors are only a function of what they have studied or the people that they have met. And so the medical schools, they're only teaching what is signed off on, approved in the curriculum. There is tons of information out there outside of medical schools that is actually being used by some leading edge doctors, but they didn't learn it in medical school. They just kept educating themselves because again, they're curious and they like to, they like to see something. They get joy, I'm sure, out of it. That's what I do with my clients. I get joy when that cloud of gunk gets lifted off of somebody and all of a sudden they get happy and they're playing great. And I know that great doctors feel the same way.
Yeah, I want to take a brief moment just to mention for people that are out there, I love to highlight products, people, organizations. If you're a leader and you're looking to become a better leader, you're a person of faith and you're directing people, I highly recommend Leader Impact. Leader Impact is a group and association I've been involved with. They have a number of ministries across America in different cities, and they have a great view of just taking that leadership back fundamentally foundationally back to the beginning. And I, I really appreciate, honor that group and love to highlight them for a second as we're talking about leadership and developing that. Scott, let's come back to a couple of questions for you. If you were going to tell somebody, that's a lot of people are going through this right now, man. COVID's going crazy. People have lost their businesses. Personal relationships have suffered. Certainly our physical health has suffered. Everyone go home and bonbons are the highest foods, right? <laughs> so you're like, wait a minute, that's not good. So how, if someone's going through a trial, what do you think one belief, value, action you'd recommend very quickly to them to take on, to move forward and start getting out of it? Yeah, one valued action. I think that humans are made in a very clever way. And the creation of a device, if you are any kind of good creator, you would put what's important right up front for the user to acknowledge and use. Hey, starting a car, ignition thing, well, now it's a button these days. It's right there. You can kind of, even if you didn't know that, you get curious and you would touch stuff and you might press that button and the car starts. So for humans, it is breathing and, and other, other things we can talk about. But I would tell somebody, if you're really in that bad moment where maybe you're even con considering suicide, is to put your hand on your heart and breathe. And if you did nothing else in life, that would be pretty good. Yeah. That's how powerful it is. But it's too simple for our society. We go for some new gizmo that costs $10 million to develop or some new app or whatever it may be. Yeah. But again, the, the way we're created is to be sovereign and empowered entities here on earth. And breath work, of course, now people are discovering, rediscovering. And by the way, there's no new things in life, right? All this stuff is old ancient wisdom from indigenous tribes we've just repackaged. And it's great. We have to make it translatable for today's society. So breath work, awesome. Meditation, great. The techniques that I use, I think are amazing, which is I uh, use a lot of EFT, or emotional freedom techniques, or tapping as some people call it. And I uh, do some, something called process healing method, which is really cool, using the subconscious to reprogram itself. And all these tools need to be spread because I know that suffering, I don't know. I think suffering is probably part of this plan because we learn through these sufferings. Yes. Then there's needless suffering. And that's where I don't want people to be. I don't want my clients to be, which is there are solutions for you. You just haven't been told them yet. And so yeah. let's give those solutions to people. And I'm challenging coaches with regards to performance and mental health that don't be scared of being the person who's going to help your player with mental health. Somebody else's storyline is that you have to have a PhD in psychiatry or psychology in order to do that. That is not true. That is a storyline that we've accepted. It's a limiting belief. And so the processes that I like to try to promote are implementable by any coach who just is a little curious and you're not going to hurt anybody. You're going to hurt them more by not discussing it and by not bringing it up. And you're going to hurt their performance because, okay, even the great Olympians and professionals, they may be able to perform and then they break because their foundational aspects were never addressed because we were selfish as coaches and trainers in that, well, their stats are great. Oh, did we actually look under the hood and see what they, their potential would be? Or are we just judging their stats based on the mean of, of sports performance? So good. Let's ask a couple of questions here. You've had a lot of success and won a lot. 
what's the biggest or best battle that you've ever conquered? Ooh, well, I think it's it's ongoing. And so maybe it was, I don't know, four or five years ago, I started to work with somebody who is a therapist, energy worker, all of those things. And I said, I wanted to know true self. I want to know myself and live a life accordingly from that spot. And she said to me, she looks and she said, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. And I said, yeah, like that. I was like, well, yeah. And she Yeah, I would, I would have second guessed that. I'd been like, maybe I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that, right? And she was full of wisdom and she understanding. And when we start to do that as people, we realize I just, I'm coming out of a period of my life where I've created a bunch of things for decades that did not reflect my true self. That's hard to acknowledge and to then do something about and unwind and create from that spot. And so that's still going on. And have I totally accomplished it? No, I don't think that I, I think that it's been an amazing journey. And I'm grateful for all of the tumult of the last four years and including COVID. And I know I have to be sensitive to other people because they've lost loved ones during this period. For me personally, I'm grateful because it, it really reset, if we say reset society, reset myself. And the challenge for all of us, I think, will be to continue that momentum. And I really appreciate that question. You can tell me I'm still pondering it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, let's talk about one thing that was a coach. When most people look in the mirror, they're missing something about themselves that likely you see in them as a coach. What would the one thing that you see often that people miss? They're just yeah. missing. It's right in front of them. Like you said, it's right there, but they don't see it. Yeah, well, there's, I may have to go to more than one thing. One is the realization, the sovereignty, this power that we have. It's, you see what humans do, and we call them the 1% or whatever, but I really do believe that most humans are capable of this incredible greatness. And you just see it all the time. And uh, maybe it's not as amazing as it used to be. I don't know. But I'm always, I love these human interest stories where you see somebody who came from nothing and they created something that's amazing and world-class. And I love that kind of thing. So I think that the realization that we all can create amazing things and that there are some formulas for doing it. And then the second thing would be what I see in people. And it's kind of, I guess it's sort of related is that they don't love themselves. And you know, that's all kind of mushy talk, but I think that the violence that we see in the world and the erratic behavior is because we, we really don't love our individual selves. Mm -hmm. And if you are completely enlightened, and I'm not, <laughs> but I imagine if you're completely enlightened, that there's really not much that annoys you because you recognize that that person who just did something that, to cross you and, and maybe would have triggered something inside of you, they're just some other soul. They're just some other person out there. They're broken or they're young or whatever it may be. And you're not going to snap back at them and get revenge. You're going to look at them through the eyes of more of a higher perspective, we'll say. Yeah, I love that. That is, I, I would agree with that statement. I don't think people see the actual, both of those things, the, the individual power, the greatness that's been created with them. And when I really think about that, it, it made me pause of like, who are two names I think of like a great contribution as an individual above and beyond. And like mother Teresa and Gandhi came to mind immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. And people who influenced the world and it wasn't about material, right? They didn't create Amazon. I don't know if Jeff Bezos, no knock on Jeff is, is going down as like the greatest human ever. Like, Hey, he created an awesome business without a doubt. Right. But like, I don't know if, humanity is going to ever look at Gates and the world's wealthiest as necessarily the contributors of this world, right? 
And so that's a very interesting deal. I think like when you talk about the violence, which just seems so prevalent today, maybe it's our media. It's always been there. Maybe we just know more. I don't know, but it just feels like, yeah, I mean, we have not armed people with tools about their self-worth, their value. There are communities and education that have been dropped into this cultures where it just feels like life has no value. And I can't fathom that in my mind. Having any kind of a near-death experience where like you have a close call and like every hair on your body is like arisen and you're like yeah. just amped up beyond any capacity. I, I can't fathom someone who just says, well, here today, gone tomorrow, and it's going to be short. So just the YOLO. I hate that YOLO, right? So I'm not um, sure what that is. What is YOLO? YOLO is uh, you only live once. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? And so for me, it's you, know, you live every day. Like, are you living it every day? Yeah. Because you live every day, like maximize the living. Not, hey, this is my one chance or my only moment. And there's going to be lots of moments. And, and for us in you know, our age, Scott, who have seen some things, there's kids, there's births, there's marriages, there's relationships, there's all these things that are going to be just great triumphs and we don't want to miss them. But yeah, first yeah. of all, Scott, listen, thanks so much for coming on. This is awesome. Cool. Let's finish with best way to win. Yeah. Best yeah. way to win. Is there something you want to share that we haven't talked to the listeners about today. And, and one of the things that came to my mind real quick was a lot of people think winning is because they see the end result. And we talked a little bit offline about reactive versus proactive, right? And But is there any thought that you had on the best way to win today? Yeah, so, right, so win is a subjective term, right? Unless it's predefined in some kind of objective game. But to me, winning say winning in life is to acknowledge again what your calling is. And I say heart. What is your heart saying? Not your head, because your head's going to reflect society. What is your heart's calling? What is that imprinted divine message that's on your heart? And then do you live in accordance with that? And it could be be a baseball coach. It could be be a nurse, whatever it may be. And if you do that, man, you'll be happy. And I want to give that example here for me. I did benefit financially and otherwise from being in commercial real estate. I still enjoy it. My heart's calling is my coaching work that I do. And I've even brought it into the real estate world. I've worked with executives and that's a, that's a joy to blend all of that. And that's in my heart. So that's a win. And then beyond that is I really, I just want to give another push here for the cool processes that I discovered that I bring into sport performance. And it really is this blend of mental health and sport performance happening at the same time. And for any coach, player, executive, etc., I don't do sports psychology. What I do is subconscious reprogramming. And I do it through the, the body. And we're athletes, and from a holistic perspective, you can access spirit through the body. It's mm -hmm. all connected. And so for us to say, hey, the solution for mental health or the solution for sport performance is only through the mind, that's not correct. At least it's not full. And I want to have something that's full. You and I talked offline about some amazing institutions that are out there who really use some great techniques to get humans to do amazing things. The military is one of them. They have elite forces, even sports, their sports psychology. It's, it's cool. It's great. I maintain, and I apologize if I'm offending people here, that it's necessary, but not sufficient. And I have friends who are in the military at high levels, and these are 25-year career guys. And they're like, yeah, we have to have suicide watches for our young soldiers there. Yeah. So we're obviously not doing something 
fully enough to help people. And I'm very proud in a not ego way, but just in a way to try to help people of one testimonial in particular, if you go to my website, it's a mother of a D1 softball player who had real trauma in her life. And she, the mother speaks openly of it. They lost a, a child, so the sibling of the D1 player died unexpectedly. This girl was in her freshman year during pandemic. Uh, that was hard. Uh, and then she had a shoulder injury, took her out. She had to have surgery and was not be able to play. There was a lot on this girl. And uh, her mother saw me speak at a teaching conference for this technique of tapping that I do. And she's like, oh, you work with athletes. I want you to work with my daughter. And you'll see on the testimonial, it's very compelling. I'll just, uh, I won't leave you on the cliff, I'll tell you. The mother who is a licensed clinical social worker and counselor in a school, so she knows her way around the, the mind, said that her daughter called her after working with me one session. And she said, I will never go back to traditional therapy. Mm. Uh, that was the most powerful session I've ever been through. And she, her mother said she's a light, much lighter. She's now feeling good. And I worked with her a couple more times. But that's just the power that exists there. And we as coaches can do this. I'm just a yeah. ball coach. I'm a ball coach. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Scott. All right. For everyone, thank you for joining us. Let's find a way show. Look for us to the Pyramid of Leadershipity. You want to find out a little bit about your leadership, you can email me directly at Trent at Leadershipity. You can find me on all the social media channels at Trent M. Clark or at Leadershipity. Scott, tell them where they can find you again. Yeah, my website is the, T-H-E championplaybook.com also on instagram at at coach underscore scott underscore fox awesome and if you enjoyed today's episode please continue listening share the episode rate our winners find away five stars we work hard to find value delivering stories of the one percenters and bring that for you every episode we'll see you next time on the winners find away show thank you Thanks, scott fox Appreciate hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks. Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Thank you for listening to the Winners Find A Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.